We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Packaday Podcast. Today we have a very, very special episode planned for you, and I couldn't be more excited. I'm Sarah Kelleher, joined as always by Dusty Evely and Steve Perhatch. And the three of us are also joined by one of our very own listeners, Matt Pickett. So Matt, welcome to the show. We're excited to have you here with us. How are you feeling? Awesome. I'm just super excited to be with you guys. Hearing you know your podcasts, I kind of feel like it's just like joining into the conversation here by being with you guys. And it's, it's really cool. Well, we are excited that you're with us, like I said, and we had a ton of really great submissions and there were so many good stories and food takes that you guys shared with us. So, you know, we decided that we're going to try throughout the off season to feature even more listeners here and there, because we loved hearing your stories and we want to get to know each of you a little bit better. So Dusty, Steve, you're also here as usual. So how are you guys doing? <laughs> yeah, no, it's been been a busy week. Uh, I feel like a lot of people, I know Steve, I know we've kind of talked about this. It's just been for, for whatever reason, just kind of a very busy week. But uh, man, it's it's weird today, yesterday, because things are happening in the football world. Usually we're trying to figure out what to go on, what's happening. And with all the stuff we're about to talk about, it was a really busy day, not just for Packers, but in football in general. And it was it was nice, kind of that you get that free agency blitz, and it's all going to die down, you know, very, very soon. But it's been, it was a good day of just a whole lot of activities kind of following along. Really, really fun. 
Yeah, I'm pretty pretty exhausted. A long days of work the last two days. I didn't sleep much last night, so thank you to Sarah for hosting. But you know, it's it's always fun. I feel like I always play third fiddle on the podcast because we got these two awesome people, and now Matt's joining us as a special guest. So I'm fourth fiddle in the podcast. So my ego is <laughs> taking a little bit of a hit, but you know, it, it's well worth it to have Matt join us today. So I'm excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I, the, this week has definitely flown by and there's so much happening. Like you said, Dusty, um, you know, usually we have to prep for a, a bit to try to figure out what can we talk about? What's interesting? Because nothing's happening. But um, this episode was really fun because we were able to just pull things right away. And there's a lot that we can dive into. So, you know, with that, don't want to waste any more time. So first and foremost, Probably the big news of the day on Tuesday was that Tremont Williams announced he's retiring from the game of football. And fun fact, um, as many of you know, he was number 38 for the Packers, and then he had 38 interceptions in his career, and he retired on his 38th birthday. So, Steve, let's hear your thoughts on his retirement, and do you have any Tremont Williams memories that pop up um, in your mind? Man, he was just a a quintessential Packer. Like he just was worked his butt off. Like, you know, going from an undrafted uh, free agent that signed to the practice squad then worked his way through the practice squad and had a great training camp and then got his way onto the team. And then just kept making plays and kept making plays like, man, there's just, I was watching highlights cause I was trying to pick. We, uh, we talked about trying to have a, a favorite Tremont uh, Williams moment. And I was watching some of the highlights. And I was like, man, he just was all over the place and we said that we wouldn't we would try to avoid taking the pick six in the falcons game because that's everybody's favorite moment that was just so awesome uh but i remember him being on the the fourth down stop like him and jared bush right there uh making that stop on fourth down to, to solidify the super bowl and um you know with with woodson going down with all that going down around it um it was just i was watching that i was like man that was just that was just so cool to see him do that and have him come back at the end of his career and have the last game with the Packers, but not play, but still, you know, having him circle all the way back to the green Bay at the end was pretty cool. So just loved, loved watching him play cornerback. Yeah. Matt, what were your thoughts when you first saw this news? Well, first I was you know, really happy for him, but then I thought yeah, I was really hoping we could get him back as like a veteran corner because I think the team really needs that along with you know a bunch of like, uh, rookie corners. So I was thinking, you know, he could be there to to mentor them and like, you know, be on the field and all that kind of stuff would be great. But like, I mean, yeah, he's 38. So good time to retire for sure. But, you know, I mean, he's quintessential Packer. I think you said, right, Steve, like that's so true. Um, you know, of course, the question that I had to answer for you guys was like, why am I a Packers fan? And a big part of that for me is just like the character of the people that they bring to the team is you know, it's, it's an image and maybe it's not like every single one of them, but there's, there's certainly that image of like, you know, these being people, these people with this great character, these big hearts. And man, that was, that was Tremont. He was amazing. So really happy for him and just, just a great guy. For sure. Dusty, our next question is off or our next news and notes is offensive focus. So I'm going to um, turn to you on this one. And that was that Tom Silverstein reported that the Packers submitted a 3.384 million restricted free agent tender on Robert Tunyon, um, which sets compensation at a second round pick if the team were not to match an offer. So this pretty much guarantees that he will be back with the Packers this season, unless someone really wants to go after mm -hmm. him. So 
Dusty, you're Mr. Offense. How do you feel about this move? Are you hyped about it or what's going on? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's hard not to love it. I, you know, I love love Tunyon. Glad he's back on, you know, on that deal especially. I don't know if he's going to be around after next year. It depends on what happens with him. But he's a guy we've talked about this before. I mean, him coming in, it was, it was always going to be a project. He was a, you know, a converted wide receiver. I think he was a, actually a quarterback in high school, converted wide receiver from college. And you could just see him work, man. Like that was, I think I talked about this a couple years ago. I, I was looking at uh, Sternberger. I was looking at kind of what we could expect from him in year two. And then, you know, none of None of that stuff happened. But as I was watching Sternberger, it was I was just shocked at how well Tunyon came along. Like he's his, uh, he was kind of, he was an effort guy before, but you could tell, kind of that second year, he was really st- kind of starting to put it all together. He really was not just a willing blocker, but like he knew what he was doing. He wasn't perfect, but he at least like he was trying. He gave effort. He at least knew what he was supposed to be doing. Good route runner. Good hands. Uh, again, I don't know what's going to happen after this next year, but. Uh, especially with with the Packers tight end room the way it is right now, I mean there's <laughs> there's not a whole lot there. Lewis hasn't been resigned. Sternberger, I know I'm hoping for a jump, and no one knows if that's going to happen or not. But if Tunyon's not back, especially in this offense that kind of thrives on uh, you know this condensed stuff and and some tight end heavy looks and you know showing run and passing and like all the stuff that you need to do, you need tight ends that can do some of that stuff. And yeah, Deguar is going to come in and likely do some of that stuff, and Daphne, but those guys are more kind of the halfback role. So I think. Uh, like you need just if nothing else to have bodies at the position, you just need guys. And Tunyon showed he can be a number one tight end. Like again, he's not gonna be, he's not gonna wash you out in the run game, but he's gonna do work in the run game. He can he can dig, dig you out a little. He can get in your way. Like he knows what he's doing. So yeah, I think this was a no brainer move for them. And again, maybe he gets expensive after next year, but this was this was a no brainer move this year. And it's I mean I, I can't wait to see what he does this year as well. He's just he's improved every year he's been on. Yeah, and it it always helps when uh, number 12 really likes a guy on the team, too. So we know he's a big fan of him. Uh, Steve, I'm curious now that Dusty has kind of shared his offensive thoughts and, you know, how it affects the team. I kind of want to, like, poise a question as if you were a GM in the NFL. Would you, you know, trade Tunyon for a second rounder? How do you feel about that? Like, what what are your thoughts there? Oof, that I mean, that's that's tough. It, it depends. I think number one, it depends on which part of the second round you're getting. Like if you're getting the top like five to seven picks, um, and it's you know anywhere from like 33 to 40, 38, maybe that I'm absolutely I'm I'm starting to think about that um, because number one, if somebody is going to sign Tunyon and they're going to try to make it where the Packers aren't going to be able to match it, so you know, front load that thing for a team that has a lot of cap, like maybe the Colts or somebody like that, that would be right there. Um, I don't know, man, that might, that's, that's going to be really tough for them. They might have to bite that bullet and say, okay, I guess we'll have to take the second rounder. Um, I, I don't want to, at this point, I would not really want to, I want to keep as many weapons around Aaron Rodgers as possible for the next couple of years. And for a guy that, didn't have a single drop and led the league for tight ends and touchdowns. Like has a good rapport with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I say, keep it together, get to going as the H back, get Sternberger as, as tight end two. have them running all over the place together. Like let's, let's go crazy. Let's, let's have all the offensive weapons possible. No, it's, it's definitely, you know, something to think about, but I think he'll be back on the Packers um, this fall and everybody seems to be really excited about it. 
Um, as far as a couple other news and notes, um, Rob Dombowski reported that the Packers aren't tendering Tyler Lancaster, so that's not super surprising. And then um, they are tendering uh, Chandon Sullivan. So, Matt, do you have any thoughts there? Are you in love with any of those moves, or are you just kind of like, hmm, it is what it is? I mean, Tyler Lancaster, like, I understand that totally. Um, with Chandon Sullivan, I saw, I think it was like a thing from Pro Football Focus on Twitter today, and it was like about how good he is, and I was kind of surprised. I guess um, it made me realize how like I was underinformed on Chandon Sullivan, but it was something like he was 11th in ranking for cornerbacks, you know, targeted over some number. I can't remember what the, what the exact figure was, but I was like, wait a minute. He's better than I realized. We need to, like, keep him. This is great. <laughs> Yeah, no, every now and then you see a stat and you're just like, oh, okay, I didn't know that. Dusty, I saw that you had a big smile on your face when Matt was talking. Did you have any thoughts on that? <laughs> oh, I smile anytime PFF comes up. Uh, <laughs> uh, they're, I, don't, I don't love their grading, but I mean, yeah, he's, I, I like Sullivan just fine. I think he's, he, got, he has some issues, but I think he did what he was supposed to do. I just, anytime PFF grades come up, I, I smile. I just, it's instinct. I can't help myself. <laughs> All right, and that covers it for Packers news today, but we couldn't not talk about <laughs> what was probably the best news all around the NFL on Tuesday. And ladies and gentlemen, that is that the Bears have a new starting quarterback. And it's not Russell Wilson, like all the Bears fans thought. So according to Adam Schefter, former Cowboys quarterback Andy Dalton is signing a one-year $10 million deal with a chance to earn $3 million in incentives with the Chicago Bears. He also <laughs> reported that Chicago made a, quote, very aggressive pursuit of Russell Wilson, and the Bears were told that Seattle is not trading him at this time. Surprise. So, yeah, this is hilarious. I love this with all of my heart. I have a friend that is a Bears fan, and I immediately texted this to him, and he just was like, why? That was his response. He just was like, why? Like, God, why does this keep happening? So <laughs> I just, this was amazing. Like, the, the memes that were all over Twitter, and even, like, Bears fans were just like, I, I'm done. Like, I, I, I give up. I can't believe this. Why, why are, is our front office so bad and everything like that? So... Steve, I know you have a few buddies in Chicago. You still live in the area. So why don't you talk with us about how you're feeling about this magnificent move from our friends in Chicago? I mean, it's just one of those things you, you look at, and you're like, how how does Ryan Pace still have a job? Like, after this move, how does he have a job? I get it. You, you struck out on, on Russell Wilson, but... How does this make your team better? I, it doesn't make any sense to me. And I can't, I have a text thread with 20 guys, 17 of them live in Chicago for a big golf trip I go on every single year. I cannot read a single response on this podcast to what they said when I, when I <laughs> sent it to them that confirmed that Andy Dalton was the starting quarterback. Oh, wait, hold on. There, there's one I can wrote. This is a sad day. That was one of the replies. The other ones are all, um, you know, in, they all have swears in them and everything like that. So uh, it's it's a lot. Except one of one of my buddies bought bought hard on it. He's like, you know what? He's like, within the next uh, twelve years, the the Bears are gonna they're gonna draft a stud quarterback. They're gonna start winning Super Bowls. We all thought he was joking. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Like, no, no, even none of the Bears fans believed it. But he's like, no, I fully believe this, so I bet him a $100 bottle of booze that um, that, that the Bears aren't going to win more Super Bowls than Aaron Rodgers in the next 12 years. So as Dusty joked before, that's uh, that's about the time that they'll be done with their rebuild, right? Yeah, yeah. Pace will be in, uh, what, like year 15 or something by then? I mm-hmm, think they'll finally mm-hmm. have a handle on the job. It'll be really nice. I mean, Nagy, will, that'll be like Nagy's 15th year in a row as a one-year deal. And, <laughs> yeah, it's going to – I just – I don't get it. I don't get how – I mean, my, my best guess is they're going to bring in Gardner Minshew in a, a trade as well and, and get him in the mix and, you know, really go crazy. But it's it's just a lot of fun that the Packers are going to be facing Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, and now Andy Dalton for six games for the foreseeable future. It's going to be good times for Green Bay. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Matt, how did you feel when you saw this news? <laughs> well, definitely it was peak Twitter. Just memes flying everywhere. That were really, really great stuff. But, you know, I'm, I live in Cincinnati, so I've seen a lot of Andy Dalton. And people around here have, you know, kind of cut up some slack here and there because the team around him hasn't been great, you know, when he was still with uh, the Bengals, of course. So I kind of like the guy, you know, but at the same time, I'm really glad to see him joining the Bears because, uh, you know, obviously he's not the best quarterback anymore. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy about it. I'm happy about it. I'm glad he's got a job, and I'm glad we get to play him a bunch. That's a good way to put it. Dusty, what do you think? It's, like Steve said, it's objectively funny. Like, it's, <laughs> it's it, well, and what kills me, too, is, like, all last year it was, like, uh, 
Well, the Bears need to trade for Dalton. That was the thing. I know, especially when Dak was healthy, it was the Bears. When it's, you know, Trubisky wasn't taking that step, you know, who could have who could have seen that coming? Who among us could have foreseen such a thing? Uh, and then Foles wasn't it. It was like, well, they need to trade for Dalton. And so now they get their wish. <laughs> what is this? like a monkey's paw thing? Like what is what is this? Like <laughs> like Matt was saying. Like yeah, I, like, I've watched my share of Dalton, man. Um, He's perfectly fine. He's certainly tailed off quite a bit. He was never like a great athlete to begin with. There's kind of a pop gun arm and his accuracy was fine. And he certainly tailed off since then. But <laughs> like handing him 10 million to be your starting quarterback, um, like just outright, just outright starting quarterback. It's like, there's, there's nothing not funny about it. There's nothing. And Andy Dalton seems like a perfectly fine person, like a very nice guy. Like I'm happy he's getting another chance to start in the league. And I'm also happy that it's with the bears. So it's, it's just, it's win-win for all of us really. Can we, can we also throw in the fact that they tagged Allen Robinson who doesn't want to be there and they're also going to trade Anthony Miller. So they're bringing in uh, Andy Dalton, then trading away anybody he can throw the ball to. Tremendous. Just peak. Peak bears. That seems it. like really good management to me. Like that, that's <laughs> a good strategy. There. It's extend pace right now, right? I mean, just he's doing a great job. It's just just lifetime deal. Money that deal. <laughs> I mean, the goal the goal is to go seven and nine, eight and eight, and you know just compete for a little bit, and then uh, you want that not be able to ever draft you... that. Yeah, you never want to be able to draft that top tier quarterback. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't. You I mean, listen. Well, many people don't know this. Tom Brady was drafted in the sixth round. So just wait until the sixth wow. round and just draft and draft your guy. If you just do that, I don't see what the problem is here. I think they're fine. Did you know that Tom Brady's also 43 years old? Um, Hadn't heard. I didn't know that. Yeah. Is that right? It's crazy. Breaking news. You heard it here. Stupid guy's going to play until he's like 50 and annoy me every single year. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps it up for news and notes. Uh, before we dive into some questions for Matt, Matt's questions for us, and then questions from you guys, um, Dusty, let's talk for a second here because just like during the season, there was a Packers player on the Pat McAfee show on Tuesday this week. Not Aaron Rodgers, but new running back to A.J. Dillon. So why don't you share you know, some of your biggest takeaways from that and how, how that went? Yeah, first of all, he showed up wearing a Aaron Rodgers uh, three-times MVP t-shirt. Uh, which they're like, that's that's a good move. Buttering up your quarterback, it's a good move. Um, he talked about, he wasn't on long, but he talked about uh, that's like when he felt like he belonged or like confidence throughout the year. And he said, you know, definitely the Titans game. Uh, but he said even the Bucks NFC Championship game, the few times he touched the ball there. Um, he just, he's like not just running, but felt like he knew his assignments really well. He said, it's very weird to hear a guy say after, you know, before his first year was done, saying the game started slowing down for him as far as like just pass pro blocking assignments where he was supposed to be all of that. He said he felt fully confident and ready to roll, which I mean, you know, it's like you'd probably say that if he did not feel that way as well. But, uh, you know, I looked into his eyes and I believed him. So that's fine. Um, <laughs> um, uh, they talked about LaFleur's offense. And asked about like just just the intricacy of it. Is it is it simple? Does it change week to week? And he just kept saying, "Man, it's definitely complex. It's intricate. There's a lot going on." He's like, "I started picking it up, but there's there's a lot going a lot more going on than you think." And they also just said, and sometimes like Rogers just does something crazy. It doesn't matter what they called. Um, so, <laughs> so that was fun. Uh, my <laughs> my favorite moment. They asked him about his quads if he was doing any work because he didn't want to make him any bigger. And he said he is. <laughs> He's been practicing uh, hitting the hole sideways uh, so that his quads won't hit linemen as he as he as he hits the hole. So that that got a good chuckle out of me. I thoroughly enjoyed that. 
Uh, and then, of course, he closed it out. Uh, tremendous quote. He talked about uh, that he was out. He was out in California. He went to uh, Boston College. He's out in California, and they asked him like, "So is is in California? Like, are you going to essentially like forget how cold it is and forget how to play in the cold weather?" Uh, he said, "Cold's in my blood." Uh, he said, "Boston cold is not Green Bay cold. Green Bay Green Bay cold is different. That's real cold." So felt like a guy who, uh, you know, big body dude. He wants to run over some guys in the cold. So uh, I enjoyed it. Overall, like, he just seems like a good dude. I just, I, I like him. All right. Well, that's great to hear. And he does seem like a good guy. Um, I know he, he's on TikTok a lot. And he makes apparently some very wholesome TikToks um, mm-hmm. from what I've heard. So good for AJ Dillon out there doing his thing. All right, so now we're going to hop into really what will be the bulk of our conversation today, and that's getting to know Matt um, and, you know, what makes him a Packers fan, how he even found this podcast, where he's from, his favorite foods, all of that good stuff. So, um, Matt, we have a few questions for you, and we'll kind of just rotate asking a few, and then you can answer however you'd like. So I'll start us off. Um, Why don't you just... Tell us a little more about yourself. I know you mentioned that you were from Cincinnati, but we don't know a lot about what you do or some of your hobbies. So the floor is yours. All right. Well, I was born in Wisconsin uh, next to Madison. Well, I was born in Madison, but I um, grew up in a small town next to Madison, Oregon, Wisconsin. Go Panthers. And um, lived in Wisconsin for the first 24 years of my life. I went to Lawrence University, where I double majored in music education and trombone performance. So uh, with that degree in trombone performance, that's my, uh, my Twitter handle. So um, <laughs> then uh, through a series of events, lived in a couple different states, taught band in a couple different places. Um, my first gig was in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, though, which, you know, people who aren't from Wisconsin never, like, believe that's a real city. But it turns out, yeah, Oshkosh, real place. So, uh, yeah, I taught band for 13 years in three different states, seven years of high school, six years of middle school. And um, after that, my family, which is uh, my wonderful wife and my two amazing children, we moved to Cincinnati, which is where my wife is from, and um, have been here for getting on almost seven years. And uh, when we moved here, I ended up getting a job with the University of Cincinnati as an academic advisor um, for for undeclared students, which is just a really great job, I've got to say. Um, but in terms of like the Packers, of course, growing up in Wisconsin, it's just it's in your blood automatically. And my dad's a big Packers fan. So, um, you know, to this day during the Packers games, we're texting back and forth our reactions and stuff, which um, I just love it so much because, you know, the Packers feel like like a connection back to the homeland, back to the motherland. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah. You said, um, I guess, hobbies. Uh, right now is like listening to podcasts. It's a lot of it. Um, <laughs> being a dad is like a part-time job, you know? And apart from that, um, I do enjoy digital photography, solving puzzles, stuff like that. That's amazing. And I love that you're a musician. So I play in the local orchestra here. Um, I actually like have rehearsal on the same night that we record. So I'm always like, okay, I got to leave. Bye. And then I rush <laughs> so that we can record. So Always nice um, to meet someone else who's involved in a community like that. If you're in Cincinnati, how do you do? Like, how do you get to watch Packer games? Do you have to like do like pay for something? Oh, you know, um, if only there were ways to watch games that are out of market on the internet. That wouldn't that be great <laughs> if that were a thing? I mean, we don't we don't you know um, promote that by any means. No, of course not. Well, Whatever no. do you mean? I, 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 have, I don't know. I've heard I've heard rumblings. Um, <laughs> 
unfortunately, a lot of the Packers games are on primetime, you know, or yeah, are broadcast sure. here. So I do catch a lot of them fully, fully legally. So Okay. Well, that's good. That's, a, that's the only type of viewing we support. Yeah, I'm only a uh, couple hours from there. And, yeah, mo- we get most of them here. And pre-COVID, it was a lot of if they weren't there, we'd go to a, a sports bar or something to do that. But uh, you got to get creative sometimes. Steve, I felt like you were the Agatha meme where she's like winking with her mouth wide open when you were like, that's the only viewing that we support. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It was Steve. All right, um, yeah, exactly. it's always my fault, right? That's, yeah. that's, how, that's how this podcast that's goes. Uh, so we have to ask, you know, favorite Oreo. And you, you realize that if you answer incorrectly, you're never allowed back on the podcast. So <laughs> think carefully, my friend. Well, I've, I've got to live my truth. You know, I've got to be honest with you. So um, it's carrot cake. Carrot cake Oreos are excellent. Steve good run, man. Good uh, run. Good <laughs> run, buddy. So it, uh, we're actually going to trash. Gonna, we're trashing this yeah. episode. It's going to be the first we're gonna, one. Uh, we're going to have to cut this one. Or we're going to have to cut it early, I think. Huh? Honestly, I'm just glad he didn't say most stuff. Like, I will, I will accept <laughs> pretty much any answer but that like that that's fine unless you said peep or the peeps oreos then we'd have a problem i thought he was going lady gaga and then steve's head was going to explode. <laughs> that's what i i was man i was waiting for the hammer to fall oh those are so bad what what do you like about the carrot cake oreos yeah i was gonna get into that actually so um well i love carrot cake first of all so i'm, I'm predisposed okay. to like it but then also i feel like what you imagine the potential of something like a carrot cake oreo being compared to what, what it delivers on is it's amazing because it's like, you're like, this is not going to be really great. It's not carrot cake, but then you try it and like, you know, it's a, as far as what you can do with an Oreo, it's kind of a reasonable facsimile. It's, it's crunchier than carrot cake, but like the flavors are pretty much there. So, I mean, I didn't expect a lot and it kind of, uh, it kind of won me over. Hmm. Interesting. I did see that last week was Oreo's hundredth and eighth birthday. So Special shout out to our friends at Oreo. We love you, as you know. Sponsor us, please. <laughs> um, all right, we'll go. Uh, we'll go non-food, uh, Matt. As you know, there's a pandemic. It's weird. Um, still going on, crazy. But after this is all over, man. After we can like go out in the world again, what's your dream vacation? What What do you really want to do? Where do you really want to go? Oh, so I've been to uh, both the Portlands. As I think we've talked, you know, yep. on, on Twitter mm-hmm. about Dusty, um, man, the, the trip that I had to both of them were so amazing. And I think just like a, another tour of the Portlands would be great. Um, of course, I've I've been there, so it's not something new. So there's also the like maybe should I go somewhere yeah. I haven't been before. Um, but when it comes down to it, I guess really part of my draw to those two is that like I lived for six years in Connecticut, right by the ocean. I'm like in New Haven, so right on the ocean. Man, I miss it. I miss being by the ocean. So. You know, Portland, Maine, you're right there. Portland, Oregon, mm-hmm. not too far away from the from Pacific. So somewhere by, by, the, by the ocean, for sure. Yeah, living by the ocean is such a blessing. And it's something that when you grow up there and you live there for years, you kind of just take advantage of. And then once you leave, you're like, oh, my gosh, I miss that. Like, I grew up on the East Coast in Florida. And, like, I went, my middle school was literally across the street from the beach. Like, you could walk across the street and you would be there. Wow. Um, and I mean, like living in central Florida now, like, it's not like I can't drive and go to the beach, but it's like not right there. It's not as accessible. And it is 
it is a change. Like I, when I go home and visit my parents, like anywhere I drive in that town, it's like the river is there and it's this beautiful scenery. And then Orlando, it's just like traffic on I-4 and like everything is horrible in the, in the city. No, I'm kidding. I, I love living in Orlando, but um, <laughs> sounds. But like I do miss the beach, like being right by the beach and the ocean is, is so, it's just so great. Um, okay, my question for you is, I know that you're into movies and TV, um, so what is your kind of like go-to guilty pleasure movie? Yeah, so I don't live my life without a lot of regret or guilt or shame, so <laughs> I had a hard time thinking of an answer for this, but if I were to say like a movie that I maybe uh, isn't, I'm never on top of this one, honestly, um, I'm going to go with The Big Lebowski, I guess. I'm not guilty to watch it, but, you know, I think maybe it's the number of times I've seen it. That might be the thing. <laughs> That's your secret um, shame, yeah. <laughs> well into the 30s or 40s at this point, you know, a lot, lot of quoting of The Big, Big Lebowski happens in my house. So, um, yeah, I'll go with Lebowski on that. So, during quarantine, have you picked up any new hobbies, tricks, anything that you're doing? Like, uh, I mean, I know we've talked about I was trying to do, like, trick shots of ping pong balls that did not last very long because my little <laughs> one was not a fan of it. But uh, anything that you picked up that was fun? Well, I do a lot of the dishes in the house. I'm going somewhere with this place. Um, <laughs> dishes is not the hobby. Um, and so, you know, that's solitary work. And for years, it was just like I'd do it and, like, in my mind wander. And then uh, in the last year, I was like, you know what? I'm going to just kind of pick up podcasts and really get into it. So, like, I'm listening to Pack a Day, like, every day. Um, yay, Andy Herman. And, <clears throat> you know, on top of that, I'll often put, like, um, uh, Lockdown Packers in the mix. And uh, Dusty introduced me to um, Blue 58 recently, yes. which I really love. Yeah, that's, that's, that's great. Weird, it's awesome. So, like, those is kind of the primary ones. Some of those mixed in. So just kind of, like, getting into that has been, um, I think, what I always, like, really love about, about the uh, quarantine is that it kind of got me to do that. <laughs> what, hey, 14. yeah what can i do where i don't have to leave the house uh yeah, we've, all, exactly. we've all gotten creative um all right uh if you could pick right, you get i guess the end of your life towards the end of your life whatever you've done amazing <laughs> things you've done on great trips you've you've done a, just tremendous things you've got someone to narrate your life you've got a, a movie made about you a documentary let's say who is narrating your life man Oh, e easily. Uh, Ron Howard, definitely, with the work he did on Arrested <laughs> Development. You know, so good. I like it. I like it. You get you some weird, like, comedic interludes in there with your stuff. I can get down <laughs> with that. I like that. It's a good answer. <laughs> All right. And then our last question um, just kind of brings everything home, and that's what's your favorite Packers memory or memories, if one or two maybe stick out to you? Yeah. So – not in the quarantine times. My dad would usually um, be driving down from Wisconsin to Florida where he'd spend a lot of the, um, you know, wintertime, snowbirds kind of a thing. And so he'd pass through Cincinnati on the way there and on the way back. So the, um, the games that we saw were unfortunately um, <laughs> playoff games where the Packers lost, but still, you know, being, having him, you know, uh, with me to actually watch the game in person with him again um, I think the, the one I think of specifically was when they were playing the Cardinals and there was like the two Halo Marys, you know, to, um, to, uh, what's that guy's name? Janice, uh, to, uh, yes. To Jeff Janice, which was just so cool. You know, um, of course the game didn't end our way, but it was, a, it was a really fun <laughs> game despite that, you know? And so I think watching that game is a big one for me, but if I think of just like, like a play that I wish I could just like watch again and again and just, you know, inject straight in my veins, it'd be the, uh, the Jared Cook, you know, toe tap on the sideline. Like, that was so exciting. It was so cool. 
Uh, I do have to ask. This is uh, not on the script, but <laughs> when you submitted your uh, your DM to me, mm-hmm. your your take on uh, your hot food take was that gummy foods are trash. trash. So I need Absolutely. I need some explanation on this as to you know <laughs> where your hatred comes from because there's plenty of gummy foods that are delightful, and I, I need to know why all of them are trash. I mean, I think it's just the texture. I, I don't. I don't like the texture at all. And it gets stuck in your teeth and it's kind of funky. And nah, man. And apart from that, like for candy, I, I like chocolate, caramel. I don't like fruit flavors in candy. So I think that's a big part of it. Okay. I mean, yeah. you're wrong, but I, I appreciate that you have a take <laughs> on it. So <laughs> we've all had worse takes before on this show that we at each other for. So you're, we're right there. So Not we me. know how it feels. Yeah, okay, Steve. <laughs> We're not just talking about food. We're talking about other tapes, too. We don't need to bring up the Antonio Brown saga. <laughs> you make one mistake, and you can always bring it up. Yeah, Steve's only mistake. Let that be on the record. One, That's the one, only mistake. The one wrong thing One and only. Done. Not like he, you know, he wasn't on mute before when he was supposed to be talking or anything like that. Okay, so you have like one example from a year ago and then one example now. Ooh, good one. Say last week asking Dusty about uh, snacking on human flesh. That wasn't a mistake, right? No, that was that was actually quality podcasting is what that is. Oh yeah, that was really good stuff. Listen. I'm proud I'm proud of that segment. When you when you let me host I have to dish it back to you. Like, you always roast me when you host. So I'm just returning the favor. It wouldn't be a Wednesday edition of the Packaday podcast without a little friendly banter. So, um, Agreed. all right. Well, Matt, that is all the questions that we have for you. Um, now I want to kind of turn it over to you, and you can kind of host for a couple minutes here. And do you have any questions for us? And whether it's about Packers, food, or life, anything, we're, we're all ears. Yeah, totally. So, all of the talk about Tunyon going into this week and, you know, him finally getting tendered. Um, I had just a lot of confusion about some of the stuff because he was amazing last, you know, last year. I almost said semester. My goodness. He was really amazing this last year. And a lot of the chatter on Twitter was like, oh, you know, just let him go. What the heck? We have like these other people who are great. Like, oh, he's a good fit for this scheme, but is he good otherwise? And that drives me nuts because it's like if he's a good fit for the scheme and it's going to be the same scheme, why would you want to get rid of him? So I guess my question is like, is there any really good argument for getting rid of him, you know, for like letting him walk if that's how it works with the, if the tender comes out that way? Um, and is there any reason to, to get down with that idea of like, you know, he's a good fit for the scheme? Like, why does that matter in this case if, we, if we're trying to keep him? Thoughts? Sarah, what do you think? Hmm. Well, I think I agree with you on the first half of the question that if, you know, he fits in with the team, he fits in with the scheme. He obviously had a great year last season. There's no reason to not keep him on the team. And that's why when that news came out on Tuesday that, you know, they tendered him at such a high price, basically, it wasn't shocking. They want him on the team. They want him to play a role in the offense. And kind of like Dusty talked about before with, Deguara, the two of them together in the fall is going to be really exciting because I think then um, they really will establish themselves in their own set roles, kind of in that halfback role, and then Tunyon might be the guy that's really catching a lot of the passes from Rodgers and scoring touchdowns. So he might be the one that you're, you see on the stat sheet more, but Deguara is going to be doing a lot of work, you know, kind of behind the scenes, basically. 
Um, I don't really get it when people say like, oh, we should just let him go because I think if it works and obviously Aaron Rodgers is a big fan of Big Bob that he should be on the team. So if there's a situation where they can get a really great deal, I think maybe that changes things. But I thought it made complete sense and I never really got um, or understood when people would were willing to just like let him go basically. Yeah, and I think I mean he's a he's for my part I think he's a he's a good tight end. I think he like you said he works very well in this scheme. For me it comes down to money. Like for this one two year tender or something that's or one year tender I guess that's fine. I like that, but if he's like when that deals up, if he's willing to get if he wants to get paid like a top tier tight end, there's like three guys in the league I think you pay a ton of money for. Like I think what what he brings especially with the scheme, you know, you you want tight ends that can do some run blocking where you have to, when they're in there, you have to respect that or they can also go down the field a little bit. I don't think you have to like, there's so few guys that like, you know, Kittle, uh, Kelsey is not that great of a blocker, but he is just a huge difference maker in the passing game. Like it's this, I think unless you can get a top tier tight end, it's not worth paying huge money for them. Cause in my mind, I mean, it does take them a while to get it to come along. I think that's part of it as well. It takes them a couple of years to get acclimated to the league. That's the nature of just tight ends in general with what they have to learn and all that stuff. But I think, um, in, unless you're going to pay like one of the top three guys, it's not worth paying huge money because I feel like to some extent, especially in this scheme, if you are willing to block and you can catch someone interchangeable. And I think, I think and some of that is like this, not interchangeable necessarily, but it's broad, broad statement i think um based on this past year with the 11 touchdown catches and all that his like his price is higher than it's ever going to be like i think he's he has numbers of a top tier tight end i think he's good and he's very good in the scheme i don't think he's a top tier tight end so if they were going to pay him you know kittle money i don't think he's worth kittle money but i think if you get like a mid-tier deal on him like you said yeah he's he fits in he's we know he works in this offense people in the locker room seem to like him so for this deal it's good but i wouldn't pay him anything close to what Kittle is making, I wouldn't think. Yeah, I think the, the, the reason that a lot of people on Twitter were, were so easy to let him go was the thought process is if somebody were to assign him to a front-loaded deal, there's just no way that the Packers could actually do it. Um, they were like, they're already in the, in the concept of like, well, we've signed Aaron, we just signed Aaron Jones. So that means we're going to have to extend Z. We're going to have to, um, restructure Rodgers. We're going to have to extend Devonte and like all those moves, get the Packers into a spot where they can make a couple of small moves in free agency and still sign their draft class. But it's very difficult for them as well. Then if, if it's like a big money deal for, for Tanyan up front, then they're just kind of screwed. Like there's no way that they can do all of that, add a couple of smaller pieces and the draft class. Like I think that's kind of where people are like, well, if somebody uh, you know signs him, then you get that that early second dra- second round draft pick. Okay, maybe then you could trade for Zach Ertz with the late fifth sixth round pick, and like, oh, okay, they, those pieces make sense. So it was very. I feel like Madden esque of like, oh, well, we'll just move him and move, we'll bring this guy in. It's no big deal. It'll fit. Like, I, I get what I get where the question came from, but I think, um, yeah, if somebody just front loads a deal, then the Packers they don't have much of an option besides to take that second round pick. Quick follow up question about Tunyon too is, you know, the price could escalate on him depending on if like a bidding war happens with another team or whatever. How high do you think you would you would go if you were, uh, you know, Goody? in terms of how much you'd pay him before you just take the second round pick instead. 
Oh man, I, with the finance stuff, I have no idea even what they could afford. I think if we're throwing salary cap out the window in terms of say salary cap out the window, just because I don't want to have to think about it for this specific question. <laughs> um, I think what he, I think what he could give you, uh, at, I don't know, average of eight million a year or something. I think feels about right. Again, like I don't think he's, I think he's good, and I think he fits the offense well. But I'm not giving him. I wouldn't give him more than like. 10 a year or anything like that. Eight, eight feels about right to me. I think mm-hmm. I'd go, I'd go five. I think he's, he's fine. He, he's, he's definitely a product of um, like, if you saw in Tennessee, like when Lasor was there, the tight ends did very well. Tight ends did very well for there. Like Johnny Smith, there was Delaney Walker, like always did well. And like, he, he's got great hands. I love it. But I mean, I'm not going to overpay at that point, especially when we just, I love Aaron Jones, but they may have overpaid at running back. So um, I, I don't think you can afford that luxury of paying eight to ten million dollars on tight end as well. So I, I'd probably cap it at five and let let him go if somebody's willing to go multiple years over that. Yeah, I was going to say five too. So thanks for stealing my answer. <laughs> what I do stealing my answer too. I was thinking five to six personally. So yeah, totally. <laughs> Uh, the context for this is uh, last week, Dusty had tweeted a picture of Elsa and had said about, like, it was mad Raylan Givens energy. I forget how he ordered it. it yeah, that that's right. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, Justified with Boyd Crowder is a great villain. I think one of the best villains like that you can think about there, you know, in, in fiction, of course. I'm talking about fictional villains. Um, personally, my favorite villain, uh, and this is kind of a recency bias thing because we're watching through Sherlock again with Benedict Cumberbatch, but um, the guy who plays Moriarty is just so good. So, like, that's a wide pick, but for you guys, um, who's your favorite villain? Oh, that's good. I, I had someone asked me this Someone asked me this before, and I, I went, I think, a little smaller just because it's an all-time favorite of movie of mine. I think, um, for me, I love uh, Anthony Perkins as Norman Bates in the Psycho movies. Ooh. I think especially the first one. He's just he does, and it's more it's it's Perkins acting more than anything because he's obviously a serial killer and you know a psycho. Hey, that's the name of the movie. Um, <laughs> but he uh, like he plays this character that just like you know who he is, you know what he's done, and you still just feel so bad for him. He's like this kind of like sweaty, nervous guy, but like you know what he's done. But he just does such a great job of it, and though just even the second, second and third one, second one especially, you see some of the fallout from that movie, and you get some of him. I love just. I think it's more Perkins than anything. Um, like if I'm going bigger, I'm probably going Darth Vader, but smaller, I think, and I just have seen it so many times. I think uh, Norman Bates is just, just one of my all-time favorites. I will go simple. Uh, Hans Gruber. Uh, give me Die Hard <laughs> all day long. Uh, it's still one of my favorite movies of all time, and just them going back and forth. Uh, it was just, just loved that movie. And uh, yeah, he's, the, the bad accent, uh, all of it, it's just, it all plays into it really well. And I, just love everything about that movie. Well, Alan Rickman's so good in everything. Like that's that's a oh, for sure. for sure. It's true. So I don't know if you technically classify Snape as a villain, since like in the end he totally redeems himself, and you find out what his real intentions were. But I think he's painted as a villain for so much of the Harry Potter series. But God, I love that character. Like when I was reading the books, even as a kid, I was like, yes, like this this character is so good. They bring so much to the story. Lo- absolutely love Snape. So um, that's he's definitely on my list. And then also, um, like, I would just feel like I have to talk about Marvel, too, since I always talk about Marvel on here. But I love Zemo. So I'm really excited for Falcon and the Winter Soldier because he's back. 
Um, and I'm really confused on how he's back, but I'm assuming it has something to do with this, the blip um, or the staff, whatever you prefer to call it. So, but I, I really like, you know, this is kind of, you know, Snape obviously had magic and spells and all of that, but I really love when villains kind of like play mind games rather than have these like physical strengths or things like that. And I just think the mind games that Zemo played like in Civil War were crazy. And obviously it's going to be only elevated in the Disney Plus show. So those those are my two. Nice. And after WandaVision being so good, I'm so excited for um, for the new one coming here. We were talking about this not on the podcast, but after the podcast that uh, I think for all of us, when these were announced, this was the one I was most excited for. Like I'm, yeah. this, I'm so excited about this one, man. Yeah, and I just found out, and you know, for anyone who's listening that watches these shows and is a fan of the John Wick movies, apparently, like the fight choreographers that like choreograph all the fighting scenes that are super, you know, the super long shots in John Wick that are just elaborate and really the best fight scenes, like in those kind of movies, are the same ones that are doing it for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So that's really cool, and there's nice. probably be a lot of good like action scenes. So. It's exciting. I really can't wait for it. You have any other questions for us? Or? Yeah, I mean, if, if, you, if you let me do one more, definitely. It's my last one. So, Perfect. you know, of course, um, I was given the question, uh, why do I love the Packers? So just to turn it back around to you guys. Um, I can start since I finished last time. So um, kind of a similar story to you. My dad um, was born and raised in Wisconsin until he was in college. So his family was through and through Packers fans, everything, you know, Green Bay fans, Brewers, Bucks, every team possible. They were huge Wisconsin sports fans. And so um, when I was born, I was just adopted into that huge, happy-go-lucky family. Um, and I, you know, I was a kid in little Packers shirts and all of that. And I just grew up really, you know, having this passion for the team that was all I knew and it was like when I met other kids at school like I remember even as like young as elementary school and they didn't really know like what football was or like how it works and I'm like what do you mean like this is such a big part of like my family like we watch the games together on the weekends like this this is what I know like I remember I used to bring like my trading cards to school in my little backpack when I was in elementary school like that was just a big part of my life growing up and then moving into middle school and high school like I became that one kid where it's like oh yeah that's the Packers chick like she everybody knows like she likes the Packers we get it um so growing up it was just a very big part of my life um and then like in high school um it was always something that I felt like just kind of brought me back home like even when when things were crazy and I was stressed out like I always knew that I had that time with my dad and my mom on the weekends to just like sit down and watch the game with them and then I obviously would ask a lot of questions I'm a very curious person so I would ask like how does this work who is that why do they do that and so then I kind of just learned the game naturally that way and then going to college I was really involved with sports media at UCF and that's how then I started like writing um for a student group there that covered the um, all of UCF athletics. And so then I felt really comfortable like putting words to paper about like football, how it works and everything like that. And so then that's when I kind of started writing for Cheesehead TV too, because I was like, hey, I love this team and I know so much about them and the history of them. I've literally grown up with this team. 
um, and I really want to talk about it. So that's kind of where it came from from me. Like I was just born into the Packer fandom, but I wouldn't have it any other way. That's such a great answer. I love that. And for me, I, I I feel like I've told this story before, but it's one of my favorites. So I'll tell it again. I'm uh, my family's originally from the Detroit area. And uh, so all of my major sports teams are Detroit. I've got, you know, Tigers, Wings, and the Pistons, all of whom are currently terrible. So really, really great time. Um, but and I've heard different versions of this story. This is the one I choose to believe um, because it's my favorite, is that um, my grandfather took my grandmother to a Lions-Packers football game, uh, ye- like, you know, years and years and years ago. And she, just to piss him off, she decided she was going to cheer for the Packers. And so she cheered for the Packers and she bought a pennant and brought it back home to my dad who hung out up in his wall and he grew up a Packers fan. So (laughs) I just grew up in a Packers household and it felt perfectly normal that at the time we were living in Florida and I was cheering for the Florida Gators and the Detroit Tigers and the Green Bay Packers. That felt natural to me. Uh, So yeah, I dodged dodged a bullet there um thank thank god every day for my grandmother rest in peace that she decided to piss off my grandfather that one day at a <laughs> lions packers game so yeah that's that, that's mine and i technically should be a steelers fan um if it weren't for like national tv rights and not playing games nationally and all sorts of stuff my dad was from Pittsburgh. He loved the Steelers, you know, back in the 70s when they were amazing and went in multiple Super Bowls and stuff. Uh, but they, you know, moved to Chicago, moved to Whitewater, moved to and then in Wisconsin and stuff. And just by sheer not being able to watch the games, we grew up watching Packer games and uh, just pretty much part of my life. Like Sundays watching games, that's, uh, that's all I remember. I mean, I was big. We were big into baseball. I remember going to, to Brewers games a lot. Uh, I got to see Robin Young's. Uh, 3000 hit that was always really cool nice. but um yeah always going always packers game always football in the front yard i remember getting like a glow in the dark football so we could play outside in the in the in the nighttime and yeah it's it's always been football and i've always loved the packers like don mikowski sterling sharp like my first ever jersey was a sterling sharp south carolina jersey so <laughs> um that one was pretty cool so yeah, I mean, just outside of everybody else growing up in Wisconsin, it's, you know, as you guys know from, you know, visiting here, it's just, it's a way of life. And yeah. that's that's exactly what it was for me. Awesome. Great answers, guys. All right. So um, now we're going to jump into questions from you guys that are listening. Um, so we have three questions to run through today that um, we really enjoyed. So thank you guys, as always, for sending in um, some good stuff. So our first question is from Matthew, and he wants to know, with Aaron coming back, uh, Aaron Jones, he's referring to, our needs have <laughs> decreased slightly. Who do you want to see us sign in free agency now? Um, so that's the first part of his question. And then the second part is, and what food have you never eaten, but know you never will, because you know that you'd hate it? For him, it's raw oysters. So, Steve, why don't we start us off? Uh, as far as who I would want in free agency at this point, um, I saw William Jackson just got signed to a pretty big deal. It was like three years, 40-something million dollars. So clearly my uh, prove-it deal that he was going to get uh, with the Packers did not come to fruition. Uh, I threw out Kenny Galladay just because the wide receiver group is really lacking right now, like outside of Nelson Aguilar getting big money. I don't know where that came from, but um, <laughs> why you're giving him 13 mil a year. But, yeah, I mean – 
I would love Kenny Galladay on the outside. Um, there's a couple of guys on the interior. Uh, the Saints released Quan Alexander. I mean, you guys are very aware of my love for inside linebackers, so <laughs> that would be pretty cool. I know he's coming off an Achilles, which is always scary, but that may mean you'd be able to get him at a little bit cheaper of a price. So, you know, it's all about value at this point for the Packers. They're going to look to try to to get that going. I know it looks like Patrick Peterson's going back to uh, the Cardinals, so that's out the window. So, you know, I'm looking for a wide receiver. I'm looking for uh, – interior lineman and you're looking for cornerback so i'm hoping they'll make maybe two out of three and then make a push in the draft for the other area that they they missed out on so i would say that uh as far as uh foods matthew you need to eat oysters because they're freaking delicious mm. and if you ever go down to new orleans and can get char broiled oysters they're even better so that was that'd be my recommendation but as far as a food that I know I'm never going to ever eat, it's going to be liver and onions. That's just hard pass. Just a hard pass for me. That's just disgusting. I, I've had my, my wife eats liver pate. My mom eats liver. Like, just it's a no. Just a hard no for me. Yeah, and for me, I, I don't know. Free agents, uh, you're look, looking at the list right now. Man, people are just flying off. It's fast and furious right now. But, uh, okay, well, I'm short. Um, kind of the interior defensive line. Like I'd be all about him. Like it, it, all of this again is dependent on what kind of money it is. I have no idea what kind of money he's going to get, but on a reasonable deal, like short would be great. I think uh, like AJ Bouye, uh, who's been good in the past. I know he's had kind of like a down year there, but he's 30. So who knows if it's uh it's maybe the beginning of the end here, but I think he could be, uh, be a nice piece on the outside, you know, shortish deal. I mean, there's, there are guys out there, even someone like T Y Hilton or something as like a, like a vet, kind of a, like a third, fourth receiver vet i don't know what kind of money he's looking for but uh i mean there's there's a lot of pieces out there that I f- there's a lot of really good guys kind of in that age range that i feel like could uh could really help this team so uh those i know uh like i think you know steve and i you know not not inside linebacker because who cares but like yeah k1 short and <laughs> like interior lineman interior defensive lineman and cornerback i'd be all about and then uh yeah food i don't know man i i thought about this i, I would try a lot of things i've i have tried a lot of things i've been out we t- talked about portland oregon earlier Matt. uh the first time i'm out there we've got a we've got an office out there and so i've been out there on, on business trips and the first time out there the, the guy was like we're gonna take you to a place that's like very very portland so i don't even remember the name of the place now and it was the weirdest food just the weirdest food i've ever had in my life and i i tried all of it i ate all of it i was like well why not i'm just gonna i'm gonna give it a shot so i kind of feel like i'd eat I'd try anything. I don't know. I'm not going to eat a full meal, but I I try just about anything. I, I have a hard time thinking of anything that I wouldn't eat. And yeah, Steve, liver and onions is terrible. That's 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 why I stay away from. <laughs> Matt, what about you? I'm all about getting a veteran cornerback. You know, I don't know who else is even out there at this point because it's been moving so quickly. But that's that's who I want to see us pick up. You know, and a bunch of a uh, bunch of rookie corners. Um, and for food, <clears throat> definitely the durian fruit. If you've ever smelled one of those things, it's it's so foul, it's so bad. It permeates a room just to have one there. They're not even allowed on subways in like parts of Asia, my understanding is. So <laughs> like I don't want to eat that. <laughs> that's that's I, where I'm at with that. I have cut one open, it's disgusting. I bet. <laughs> Ugh, yeah, I feel like any food that has like a very strong smell like that is just a no no. Um yeah, that, that is rough. Okay, our next question is from Dennis, and he wants to know, with time dwindling down, what is the status of the hashtag Packers finances, especially being under the cap and having enough credits to be able to afford the incoming 10-person draft class? 
So, Steve, what do you think about this? I mean, we talked about it a little bit earlier. There's potential, like, from all the indications, it looks like Zadarius is going to get an extension. Uh, I've heard, seen reports for Devontae getting an extension. They can restructure Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so there, there's moves to be made that if they want some free agents to bring in, that, that they can do those type of things. And then as far as bringing the draft class in, I don't fully expect them to have 10. I expect using some of that capital to move up in the first round, uh, move around where they where they see fit. Maybe like an eight or a seven would be much more accurate. But I think that, you know, Goody likes to, to move around in the draft. So uh, that's I fully anticipate him doing it again and finding hopefully an impact player in the first round. And uh, so I like, they're gonna, they're gonna do what they have to do um, to, to get under the cap. And yeah, uh, to be honest, I'm not, I'm not really super worried about it at this point. Anyone else have any additional thoughts or pretty much on the same page? Steve? Steve's last statement sums up exactly how I, fe- how I felt about all of this cap stuff. I'm just not really worried about it. <laughs> And I'm not worried about it because Russ Ball is a friggin' wizard. Like, yeah, you don't buy a house or a car without knowing if you can pay for it. So he's not, you know, signing any of these things that, that have been announced without him already knowing that there's a plan. So yeah, it'll be good. I'm fine. Yeah, and as always, if you're looking for salary cap um, questions and answers to those questions, Ken Engels is your guy. Definitely check out his Twitter and the stuff that he's putting out. I mean, this is his... Like, this is his Super Bowl. Like, he is so good at this stuff. And I literally, I check, like, during free agency, I check his Twitter every day because I'm like, okay, everything else is just noise. Ken knows exactly (laughs) what's going on and where. So definitely check him out. Um, Our final question is a food question. It's very short and simple um, from Dawn. And she asked, Thai or Chinese? So, Matt, why don't you start us off with this one? Yeah, that's, I mean, it's a really good question. It's like, simple um belies the complexity within it right so um with thai food i feel like there's more of a variety of flavors um versus chinese and of course you're talking about like chinese american which is a very american thing versus like real chinese food which is harder to find but is you know out there in most (laughs) metropolitan areas um so i do think in general i go with thai food because of that variety of flavors um I love Thai food, man. There's a really good place in Cincinnati here that uh, we probably order takeout from like once or twice a month. It's so good. I, I I love both. I love both, but I feel like I have to be in the mood for Thai food where I could get Chinese food like anytime and be perfectly happy with it. So I'm going to, I think good, good Thai is better than good Chinese, but I can eat Chinese like all the time. So, uh, so I'll go Chinese, but it's, it's, it's close. I really had to think about it, man. It's a tough one. And as a uh, humble brag, I have had Chinese food in China and Thai food in <laughs> Thailand. So clearly I'm super fancy and better than all of you. Uh, but I do agree, like it, like you said, if you can get Chinese food and you can get good Chinese food a lot of places, but it's a little bit harder to find good Thai food. But, I mean, street Thai, uh, pad Thai was like my, my go-to. Uh, walk out after, you know, a night of drinking with buddies and all of a sudden it's like a, you pay a dollar and you get a whole just – bowl full of, t- of pad thai oh my god it's delicious so uh i would lean towards the thai food as well yeah this is tough i i like both um i kind of am leaning towards thai a little bit strictly for ramen purposes like i feel like thai ramen is so good and i'm obsessed with ramen like that i god like i could go on for days so but 
also like you guys said like chinese food that never misses like no matter where i get it from too as long as you know like i look up a place and it has at least a few stars on google i go and i get <laughs> whether it's like chicken fried rice and wonton soup or i could get orange chicken like it's all always good and like i have to really be in the mood for it but when i th- th- there's like days where i finish working and i'm like i want chinese food and i want it now and i order it <laughs> it's the most satisfying thing ever so great question but i'm gonna lean if we're talking you know, a little more authentic towards thai as well all right well that wraps up um all of our questions um from you know us asking Matt questions, Matt asking us, and then answering questions for you guys. It was definitely a um, loaded question podcast. So thank you guys for listening as always. Um, Matt, before we go, do you have any final thoughts? I just want to say thanks to you guys. This is a, this is a huge amount of fun, you know, for anybody else out there who, um, you know, is thinking about soliciting or rather um, putting in their name that is to, uh, to do this. I recommend it. It's a blast, you guys. Thanks. We, we were really excited to have you join us. And um, it kind of just felt like you just blended right in with us, like, and just joined the conversation. So really, really happy we could make it happen. Dusty, what are your final thoughts this week? Yeah, no, I mean, first of all, yeah, great having Matt on. I know we've, we've kind of talked back and forth a little bit. So uh, great to finally meet you in person, you know, ish, yeah. virtually in person, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, this was awesome, man. Thanks for coming on. This was great. Uh, I definitely hope we do it with more people in the future or, or just stick with Matt. I don't know. Whatever works, man. Whatever works. Um, I'll come back if you want me to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, for me, I, I actually got I'm getting back on the writing train. I've got a piece I've been working on on and off for roughly two months at this point. That'll be hitting today over at Cheesehead, uh, the four-ish, I guess. I think it's scheduled for four, uh, where I'm looking at the sweep. But I think I talked about this before. I'm going through old plays from Packers history. So this actually started with, like, I'm going to look at the the sneak in the ice bowl. That's what I'm going to look at and and kind of look at that from an angle that people haven't looked at that before. Well, it's just a sneak. It's a wedge play. Like, it's not that big of a deal. So then I'll look. Maybe I'll go to that final drive. Well, I got to that final drive, and there's they did the sweep. They did a failed sweep. They did a counter off the sweep. And that led me to just looking at the sweep in general. So I spent the better part of two months watching videos, reading about, you know, as much about the sweep as possible. The sweep and all its counters, you know, tracking down playbooks and reading uh you know the moranis book the when pride still Mat- mattered which had a, had a really good piece on there about kind of the sweep and also the ice bowl and the counter that they ran in there so i put a ton of work into this most of which i had to scrap because no one cares about blocking technique uh but that'll be hitting today so it's it's a kind of a, a bit of a history of the sweep kind of showing you know what uh, you know it wasn't necessarily it was not invented by lombardi uh, but kind of how he ran it how they ran it um, I, we get, there's no all 22. And so I've done some, uh, animated, some playbook, uh, images because that's where I'm at right now in life. And during the, during the <laughs> pandemic, uh, so I've got some of that talking about like, you know, what, what the, where all the little things are, what they're looking for, if this, then that. And then I'm also looking at, there's three major counters to it as well. There's a kind of a weak side, kind of a backside sweep that was run a few times, like roughly 10% of the time, uh, long trap. And uh, Sucker, which was a give 54, and that was a big play in the Ice Bowl. So really, really fun. I, I talked about this last week, but it's I've, you know, I know Packers history a little bit. I've learned a ton from this, man. Like just, you know, some of the guys, some of the behind-the-scenes players, and the, just some of the stuff about the era. Like it's been a ton of fun, uh, and I, I hope. It's one of those things I put so much into it. Um, I think it's probably going to bomb, but... <laughs> But I had a blast <laughs> writing it. So, uh, so that's really, really fun. Uh, and I think my next one's going to be on the, the far of horizon past open up the Super Bowl. Uh, but I, that's that's going to be probably a couple weeks away. But this is definitely put a lot of time into this. So it's going to be fun. So that'll be up today over at Chizen. Steve? 
This is actually the first year I have never filled out a NCAA bracket. So it's kind of a weird, you know, weird time around going. But I'm excited for, for baseball to get going. The the NFL off seasons popping. So it's a lot of fun. So great time of the year for sports, uh, especially when we're all still at home. But uh, I just found out my wife is going to be getting her first shot of the vaccine uh, on Thursday. So I'm excited about that. If you guys have that ability, definitely uh, go out and get it. Um a bunch of my family members, my parents have all gotten it. So, um, you know, let, let's all get all our, our shot in our arms and get back to a normal life, hopefully back in the summer. So excited for that. Uh, thank you again for Matt for, for joining us. It was a lot of fun. We uh, always love the Twitter interactions and, and great to have you on the podcast. So we're looking forward to hopefully bringing on some more people throughout the off season. Um, and especially for everybody that loves the draft, make sure you guys are following uh, pack a day podcast because we will be doing a whole bunch of breaks not us we will all take a break but uh there'll be pack a day podcasts uh people breaking down the draft uh for the month of april leading up until the draft so um thanks for listening as always uh but yeah great great episode guys good stuff and i was right there with you steve i almost did not do a bracket this year. Like I was talking actually to my parents over the weekend and I said like, yeah, I'm not going to do one. I don't have time for that this year. And then my friend got me at the last minute and they're like, Hey, come on, we're just going to do it for free. Like, just for fun. Like nobody really, we were, none of us were going to do it. So now we're just all going to do it. So we can say that we did it. And I was like, okay. So during my lunch break, I made my bracket and now I'm there. And I told myself I wasn't going to get into it. And already now I'm like looking up this schedule and, everything and i'm like hmm when can i put the games on or have things on mute on my tv while i'm like working from home and all of that so i have officially been sucked back in but it's always peer, peer pressure is a real thing sarah it is it, it very it's real it's very real <laughs> um i have a couple final thoughts first of all um this is going to be my last episode of the pack a day podcast because a couple of weeks ago i said if the packers kept aaron jones that i would have to quit um, <laughs> and then they kept Aaron Jones. So it's been a great run. Um, Matt will be replacing me and I'm like, this is it guys. So, um, yeah, Dude, my heart, you actually legit made my heart sink for a second. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, she got me. I, I really wanted, I almost messaged you guys over the weekend when that news broke and said like, Oh, of course, like right after I said, um, I would, I would have to quit the podcast if they signed him. But I'm like, no, 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 I want to I want to get a candid reaction. So I'm not glad that your heart dropped, but also kind of glad at the same time. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I'll be back. But feel free to, you know, troll me on that because, wow, that, I, I literally tweeted right away. I was like, I was wrong and I'm proud. Like, <laughs> I'm going to own it. I'm totally going to own it. But um, my other final thought is if you're you know, a big fan of Pack-A-Day and you follow a lot of Cheesehead TV stuff as well, um, Tyler Herrick, who runs the Cheesehead TV social page, you know, all those great videos and memes that he puts out there. He's he's a really good guy. He uh, just started last week a new show, live show for Cheesehead TV called Late Night Pack. Um, and it's on at 10 p.m. on Wednesdays. And the first episode was super cool. It was basically him talking with Aaron Nagler and Corey Benke, and they were talking about the history of Cheesehead TV and how it started how the two of them met, which was a crazy story that I had never even heard. So listening to that was super interesting. Um, and it was kind of nice. Like I was just meal prepping and doing things around my apartment. And then I just had it on and was listening. So definitely check that out. Tyler's a super cool guy and he does a lot of great work um, for Cheesehead TV. So 
um if you're looking for a new show or a new thing to listen to like matt i know you're you're into podcasts <laughs> so here's another one you could potentially yep. add to your list um but you know matt like everybody else said thank you for joining us this was really great and we're excited that we got to know you a little bit better i know you've always sent us in some really great questions and funny food takes so it's nice to spend some time with you today um so that'll wrap up for today's episode um as always you can follow us on twitter at sarah kelleher four at steve perhatch at dusty evely and if you want to you know give matt a follow too he is at matt trombone so that'll do it for today's episode um we'll see you guys next week and as always go pack go Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.